Welcome to the Messy Walk Podcast with Pastor Adam Cook, where our goal is to have a genuine and authentic conversation about the Christian faith journey and what a messy walk with Jesus really looks like. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome back to the Messy Walk Podcast, everybody. Hello, everybody. We are super excited. Um, last week's episode, just gave you a little bit of recap. We started off with some confessions. Some confessions. It would have been, you know, confessions part one. Yeah. And so, I, I mean, to kind of keep it real with y'all, <laughs> as Usher would say it. Yeah, the... the I got to give you part two of my confessions. So that's this week. And if I'm going to tell two. it, I got to tell it all. So <laughs> so this is part two Spim of my confession. Bars. If you are young right now, you have no idea what we're talking about. Um, be careful when you Google it. That's all I'm going to say. Don't Google um, that. Just be careful. Yeah. But uh, if you're not young, then you know exactly what we're talking about. Part two of my confessions. Yeah. Ursher. So, Ursher. <laughs> Yes, that's where we're at today. We're at we're at confession. Yeah. We're talking about like confessions of a pastor. Yeah, and we're going to roll into another one. Yeah, um, like we did last week. And so uh, last last week's confession was um, that most Christians hate, and really deep down, other Christians. Yeah, there's and, a, there's a deep disdain that we have for other Christians, or let's just say people. Um, but most of the time, we're talking about fellow Christians. That was kind of the confession. Um, yeah. It's not just that I have it. It's just I'm throwing it out there, and I bet you do too. Um, that was the, the confession, and we talked about we talked about attitude, mm -hmm. the importance of attitude, um, and how attitude is actually more important than our actions. Yeah, um, and we get that straight from Jesus. Yeah, and so <clears throat> the, the knowing having knowing how to have the right attitude and focusing on the attitude of Christ will dictate the right actions, and will probably curb some of that, most of that. Um, I don't like people, right? Or, you know, I'm worried about people. So, um, yeah, that's where we're, that's where we were at last week. So we're going to walk into week two of, of confessions to this week, um, this particular episode and make sure to go and check out episode, the one before this, it might be, everything might be a little clearer as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you don't want to, that's totally fine. I but. think I figured out that, uh, most people probably listen to podcasts, um, kind of at random times and then there's a lot mm -hmm. of there's a lot of binge podcasting probably mm -hmm. like netflix you know and stuff Road trips. Um, there's a lot of binge so for me almost when i listen to a podcast i am in the truck i am driving yeah, somewhere me too um and i and i will turn the podcast on if i know it's a shorter podcast so like ours are usually so far they've all been around 30 35 minutes yeah if i know that it's going to be in that i will turn it on as i'm driving around town or something but then if I'm going somewhere on a long trip, I'm going to listen to to get caught up on podcasts. So I think a lot of times people are like binging them. Um, and so who knows when you'll hear this one? Like you may hear this one, you know, months after we actually do it. Um, but if you do, if you happen to be popping into this one uh, at some other random time, go back and listen to the first one first. And I think it'll help set up a little tone, although you mm -hmm. doesn't have to, it's not built on it or anything. Yeah. Like what we're going to say is not really based on any of the rest of it. it just gives you this idea of, of confessions, right? Yeah. Um, so sharing something that we're kind of embarrassed to share, For but sure. we think would relate with other people. That's what I'm trying to do. Um, and leaders go first. That's what we're going to do. So we're going to go with that and this particular confession. So I have, um, 
I've struggled with anxiety my entire life. Hmm. That's not the confession, by the way, if you're listening, because I've said that like a million times for the last, I don't know how long. Um, I've struggled significantly with anxiety my whole life. Um, it probably kicked up mostly when I was a teen and then it progressed and it really reared its head. Um, when I had been in ministry for a couple of years and things had gotten hard and tough, um, I made some mistakes and we talked through all that earlier on in the podcast. Um, and then it, when it started selling, then I, then I had, I had different times where I've gone back and forth to seeing counselors about it for extended periods of time. And I've been on medication off and on for extended periods of time. Um, so that's not really the confession. I've said that for forever, but I have struggled with anxiety, but what I think God has done recently is he has um, helped me to finally pinpoint the source of my anxiety, like the real source of it. Now, I'm not negating that there aren't some, you know, biological things that happen in our brains and that we need, you know, some chemical imbalances that happen from time to time and we need medication or anything like that. I've been one that's done that. So, you know, I'm not talking against that. I'm just saying that I think deep down, most of my anxiety, God has helped me finally pinpoint what it was. And that's where my confession is going to come from. Like that's the confession for today is realizing what that is. And this is something that no pastor wants to ever admit. And I don't even know many Christians that are serious about their faith that have something at stake with their faith. Like there's some other people that are following them or relying on them or they're leading in some way. Um, or just, you know, they have this, they put out there to the world that they're a Christian right? That they believe in Jesus, that their hope is in Jesus and that they believe in the Bible. And any Christian that I know that has that is not going to want to make this confession. So that's why it's a confession. It's kind of embarrassing, um, especially a pastor. And so my confession is that, uh, the source of my anxiety is that my faith has been quite weak and quite fragile then my I'm what I'm confessing here is I'm saying that my faith is kind of weak and kind of fragile has been for a very long time. And that that's really been the source of my anxiety has been a weak faith. Um, and nobody wants to admit that, especially when I'm sitting here on the podcast. I mean, you're listening to the podcast so you can get some sort of spiritual leadership guidance from me, um, as we're doing this. We're talking about this walk with Jesus, right? So we're talking about my messy walk and your messy walk, and then I'm I'm sort of leading the podcast, so you're getting advice from me. So nobody wants me – I mean, nobody wants to admit that. I don't want to admit hmm. that my faith is weak to people that are kind of looking at me or looking towards me to understand their faith a little bit better. Uh, so it's a big one. Um, but I really do think that's what God has helped me with over the last couple of years is to pinpoint – that what's happening is, is my faith has been quite weak, which is really bad, right? It is not good to have a weak faith. Um, because like, so we'll look at the, we'll look at the book of Hebrews here in just a minute. We're not really sure who wrote the book of Hebrews, by the way, it was attributed to Paul for a long time. We're not really exactly certain who wrote it, but, um, we know it was a Jewish Christian. Mm -hmm. Um, but the writer of pre of Hebrews basically says that the most important thing that we possess in our life, the most valuable thing that you have in your life is your faith. And so to say that it's a weak and a fragile one, it's not really a good thing because it's the most valuable thing that we possess. Um, and faith, we just said this at Easter, 
at our church at Union as we were preaching. We just t- we just said this at Easter that faith is when the unbelievable meets the undeniable, when the unexplainable meets the undeniable. The way that I've said it a few years ago is that faith is the belief that that what God has said about Himself in the Bible is true, and that He is and that 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 He is worth following. Yeah, that following Him is worth it. Mm-hmm. Right? He is who He says He is, and following Him is worth whatever comes from it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what faith is, and so it's really important to have a strong faith. And so that confession is kind of eh, I don't really want to say that out loud. Like I. I'd rather say out loud that I can't stand most Christians like I did last week than I would say my faith has been quite weak. What's funny is is that other people in my life who have the ability to speak into my life, they know this. They've said it to me for years. So like when we walk through a season where it's so much easier just to go, oh my gosh, this is never going to get better. It's so much easier to say the negative stuff. Like I don't know about you, Graham, but I tend to do that. So I'll point out the negative, right? My grandma used to do this all the time. Like I remember when one of my cousins got his driver's license um, he got his driver's license. He was like, look, Grandma, I got my driver's license. Um, and then she was like, hope you don't run into a ditch. Right? It's like, I, I do that too. Like, I, I'm t- I'm the one that ends up going, well, what's probably going to happen is this, and it's bad. I, um, I do that. I'm horrible I, at it. I'm good at seeing it like there's so many problems here. Yes. I'm horrible at doing that. the, what's, you know. It just be like, well, it. here's probably what's going to happen. You know, yeah. I'm awful at doing that. Um, just horrible at it. Yeah. Instead of having this. And what it, what it comes down to is a faith problem. So what what Valerie has said to me over the years as I've done that multiple times is she was going, where's your faith, babe? Where's your faith? You know, going into a, a tough season. Hey, this past Roma season, um, in the beginning of it, going, people aren't going to come back. People aren't going to give. People aren't going to do this. Nobody's going to tune in here. My wife would say, where's your faith? Right? And there's been different times when we've gone through different hard seasons. And she'll go, Adam, your faith, your faith's got to get stronger. Your faith's got to be stronger yeah. um, because there's a difference between having um, a faith that's willing to stand in there and go, nope, God's got this, God's got in control, um, and really firmly believe it Yeah. instead of just saying it from stage and some platform, right? And I've spent mm-hmm. a lot of time in my life saying from a platform, God's got this and God's going to do this and casting big vision, and in the back of my mind where my faith really is, in the back of my heart going, I hope he comes through. Right. Instead of going, he's gonna come through. I know he's gonna come through. Yeah. So there's been this there's been a struggle that's been there for a long time and people like my wife and other people that I allow to speak into my life like that have, have noticed that my gift of faith has not always been that high. Um and that's a problem. It's a problem because the most important thing I possess in this world is my faith. And the most important thing you possess as a follower of Christ is your faith. And so that's a big, big issue. And so God started to work with me about this problem. Because, you know, you don't really confess something unless you want to do something about it. Otherwise, you don't make it a confession. It's that like makes the sense? whole phrase, like, right. you, you only, the problem only gets solved in the first step of just admitting you yeah, have that yeah. problem. I mean, way we, way, it's usually we, a joke, we just said this, true. We just said this last night. 50% of the battle is showing up, right? We were yeah. talking about we were talking to our daughter about something. We were like, "Look, fifty percent of the battle is you just showing up day after day after day. Fifty percent of the healing I think that comes in our lives and the victory comes from us confessing that we need it. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, 
half the battle to, to the problem is acknowledging that there is a problem. That's what you're referring to. You know, that's half the battle. Um, we've got to actually acknowledge that there's a problem here. And so the confession is not a confession unless you want to do something about it. You want, you want to see some sort of difference, right? Yeah. And so I want my faith to grow and, yeah. and I want it to be stronger. And I do think that it is a source of my anxiety. Yeah. And I would push anybody listening to this who has anxiety issues that I bet you the source of your anxiety is a weak faith as well. Because when our faith is strong, it tends to lead to less anxious moments of us constantly worrying about things that are outside of our control because we know that God is in control. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm going to give a good example. Before we get into ways to strengthen faith, let me just throw this out there. We may, we may go a little longer on this episode than we thought. Um, so this past year has been the hardest year in ministry for me ever. Right. And I bet you virtually anybody would say that because it has been the craziest year ever with the Rona stuff, the pandemic stuff, all that thing. Like it's been a really, really difficult year. Um, we've also had some extremely difficult stuff happen personally in our family, some, some health related stuff with my father, um, some relationship issues with some people that are close to us, um, some lost relationships over the year. Matter of fact, we kicked off the Rona with a very difficult relationship loss that happened at the same time as the church was shut down, right? As the Rona kicked in. Um, so it's been an extremely hard year. However, my anxiety has been so much better this year. I mean, light years better, better than it's been since I was a 14 year old boy. Like it's been just amazingly better. And for an extended period of time now, like over a year and a half or so, it has been way, way, way better. Um, and I'm not on any medication, right? Haven't been for a while. Um, I'm not seeing a counselor right now, but my anxiety has been just amazingly better and anything anybody looking into the situation and even myself would have been like up oh, this year coming up his anxiety is going to be worse than it's ever been but it hasn't been and i think that's because i have opened myself somehow i've let the holy spirit crack me open enough to let god build my faith this past year the faith has been starting to build in there which takes away some of that anxiety and that worry and so i've just been I had no other way to look at things over the last year and a half or so other than God's in control. Let me go to sleep. You know, we wake up the next day, we walk into to church, we're looking at stuff. God's in control. Let's move on to the next thing. Let's keep working hard, but God's in control. There's this, there's this piece of God being in control. We're going to talk about this later on in these episodes. It has been massive for me. Um, and so I'll talk about that later. We'll we'll bring it up in a couple episodes about, you know, just God being in control. Um, but I wanted to throw that out there, that I think what's happening is, is there's been a building of my faith during a season where hmm. typically I would have a lot of anxiety. And the, 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 the big confession here is that my faith has been quite weak, quite fragile for a very long time. Yeah. And I'm just starting to see some victory in that faith being built up bigger. Um and, and, and you know when we're talking about being in Hebrews chapter twelve, um, can I can I add something yeah, yeah. real quick Feel before free. we go in the yeah. scripture? Uh, I I tend to, and this is more for the listener. Um, sometimes when I'll go on YouTube and I'll type in a silly question yes. or something that you know something I don't want to confess. 
sometimes because I'm like, this is, you know, uh, you're, you're in your I room and this, you're right? like, you're looking on YouTube, like, you know, what does it mean to this? Or like, what is faith? Or, you know, it's like, well, I shouldn't be asking these stupid questions. I guess like for the listener, would you consider it a good thing for them to have a conviction of, yes, my faith is weak? To, to not look at that as a, like, everything is over with, but more of like, look at it with hope. Yes. Do you know right. what I'm saying? Absolutely. Because like, I tend to fall, I have to, I have to remind myself of that, like, the fact that I'm, does that make sense? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm looking this up, I think is a good sign that I'm concerned about it. It's absolutely a good sign. That's, here's, here's a way I like to say that. Um, I think that when God looks at us and he sees that we have questions and doubts, I think that we think of God looking at us going, oh, idiot. You know, I'm so disappointed. You have questions and doubts. I think God's going to look, when we have questions and doubts, God's looking at us going, yes, he's thinking of me. He's thinking on these things. It's on his heart. It's on his mind. It's on his soul. That means he's thinking on the things of God. When you have questions, what it indicates is that you are at least your soul is searching. You're thinking on the things of God. I think that's a good thing. I think that causes God to smile. And I think part of the problem we have with Christians is, is, is that one of the reasons why we don't lean into these questions and ask them more is because we've created some weird situation where it's funky to have questions or you feel like if you don't know enough about the Bible, then it's embarrassing, right? It's, it's ridiculous. So I think that if you have those things, if you have those questions, it should be a good thing. Like we're talking about having confession right now. Well, if admitting the problem is 50% of the problem, dealing with the problem, then uh, yeah, having a confession is a good thing. Yeah. And if, if, if having a question, a doubt, searching for something, admitting you don't know something, and actually seeking it out, well, that would be a good thing, wouldn't mm-hmm. it? I mean, other, the other option is just to sit in your uh, ignorance. Right or to me to just sit in my mess that I know I need to confess and just keep on doing it for lack of for for fear of embarrassing ourselves right for embarrassing ourselves to people or embarrassing ourselves to God that's insanity right so if you're doing something about it then to me that's progress and from what I know about the Lord the Lord smiles at us when we take any step towards Him no matter how big a little the step is hmm. right so you want to make your father fi- smile you take a step towards Him. Um, and they will smile, even if uh, he will smile, even if you screw up, right? You ever heard you ever heard this little story about it's an analogy that she used about us following God, about our steps in Him and how God feels about us. Where you have a brand new baby who's learned how to walk, you know, they're usually around nine, ten months old, somewhere in that range. We've had three of them. They've been in all different kinds of ages when they did this, and they start pulling up on stuff and then they're they're standing on their own they start taking steps right or they're holding your finger while they're walking and they're taking steps well what happens every single time is that baby takes a step a step and then falls down right every time and no parent ever when that baby falls down after that step they're walking towards you no parent ever goes Stupid baby, send him back. He'll only take two steps. What's wrong with him? He should be walking better than this by now. Nobody's doing that. They're all grabbing the baby. The baby takes one little odd, horrible step. You couldn't even barely call it a step. You know, they got that little fat, chunky leg and yeah. the knees all Chicken shaking. Leg. and They just barely move towards you and they fall down on their face and they cry. And every parent that I've ever seen grabs the baby and goes oh my gosh you did it this is so they start celebrating with the baby for this horrible little step 
Well, next thing you know, the baby takes two steps. It's the same celebration for the parents. Baby takes three steps. Baby takes four. Baby walks to you across the room. The celebration looked exactly like it looked for those parents. When the baby took eight steps is when the baby took the first step. When the baby took the second one. And I think that that's exactly how God sees us. Is that he is celebrating with us the same when we take this teeny little step towards him that seems like nothing as we take 10 or 12 steps or something. You know I mean? He is smiling when we take a step towards him. So confess on, question on, Google search on, YouTube on, right? Because uh, we're taking a step towards him, and I think it makes him smile. I really do. I really think it makes him smile. Um, we've got to remember that we talk about this faith thing and the faith being the most important thing we have. We have got to remember and this is the premise of our podcast, that this walk as a Christian in this world is not going to be easy. It is going to be quite difficult. There are going to be some significant struggles. And what God led me to was Hebrews chapter 12, because and we'll get to this next episode, I think. In Hebrews 11, you've got this hall of faith, is what they call it, where it's all these just like pillars of the faith that he references. And in Hebrews chapter 12, you've got the understanding that these people that they're writing, the Hebrews, they are struggling that the Christian life is hard for them. They've got difficult questions. They've got unanswered prayers and some of them are barely hanging on. Some of them in this walk in this messy walk they got, they are barely hanging on that. This whole walk is a struggle. It is hard, right? It is difficult and it's okay to admit because that's what Hebrews 12, 1 is doing. It is okay to admit that there are struggles in our walk and that our faith is weak at times. I think it honors God more for us to say, my faith is weak, than to walk around with some fake bravado, awesome faith. Like, I think, I, I, what did we do there? I know that if we were looking at Jesus, if Jesus was right in our midst, he would be happy with the teeny little bit of faith, like a mustard seed, and he would look at the one where we're going, oh, no, I'm good, I got faith when we really don't, and he'd be like, liar. Right. Not true. That's that's not righteous. The, you have to be honest with what you got. They are straight up struggling. Um, and, and, and listen to verse one in chapter 12. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, we'll come back to that. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race that's marked out for us. Right. Let's cast off all this stuff, all this sin that so easily trips us up. And let's run with perseverance. Let's put our head down, push through this thing, this race that is that is laid out for us, that is drawn out for us. This word race that he uses is this word. It's the same root word where we get the word agony from. I want you to think about that. So this particular word race is not where we get the word race from. It's not where we get the word competition from. It's where we get the word agony from the the this image that he's throwing out here is the image of like the greek um uh pentathlon right there's these five this greek pentathlons like these five grueling events and it ends at the end after you do all the stuff you do all this running and climbing and jumping it ends in the end with this greco-roman boxing match like it is brutal that's the image that he's given here when he says perseverance this race he's saying Look, put your head down and keep forward. 
this very difficult, agonizing walk that we have to walk called faith in this world. Put your head down and have perseverance because it's going to be absolutely brutal. In other words, the Christian life is hard. I mean, that's what he's saying. Like, and he's talking this to people that have the heart. The Christian life is hard. And that's where I was. Like, that, that's where I am. That's where you may be. Was my faith has, has been tough. My faith is not strong. The Christian life is not an easy thing. And so as we're walking through the Christian life, we've got to have our faith strengthen, strengthened. And the confession has to be an honest one about where you're at with your faith. Where, how strong is your faith? You don't really know that. You don't really know that unless you're walking through something that's considered a struggle. I mean, it's easy to have faith when everything's going right. Hmm. right? I mean, it's easy to believe in the sovereignty of God when everything that you have in your life is awesome. Easy. When you start walking through stuff, though, that's when you start to see what your faith really looks like. That's when you start to see what faith really is for you. And my confession has been for a long time, I think I've just started to see some victory in this in the last year or so, is that my faith's weak, man. My faith is weak. It's fragile. It breaks over the smallest little thing, right? Like the, like the smallest little thing can cause me to question my faith. How ridiculous is that? Hmm. I can see one news article and then cause me to, disre- to, to, to start to disregard that God's in control. I can, I can have one little thing happen in our country and go, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And I just totally forget that. Wait a minute, I have a God who's in control. I, I can have a, a randomly random Yahoo News. I'm a Yahoo News kind of guy. I don't know about anybody else. I don't watch news. I don't listen to news. I read news. And so I read Yahoo News half the time. I can have some random article on Yahoo News cause me to question my belief in, in uh, divine creation. And it ain't even an article that I even know even has any, has any merit to it or not. I can just let that one little thing make me question my faith. You know, faith has to be something that is cultivated in us and grown to a level of strength because it's what's going to be needed to get through times where we struggle. Um, and for me, I am admitting right here, right now that, for a long time, my faith has been quite weak, right? If your faith gets rocked by a Yahoo News article that you don't even know is substantiated, your faith's small, you know? If your faith gets rocked because uh, it rains all the time, you know, <laughs> you got problems, right? Yeah. You know, it's a small, small, small faith, you know? If your faith gets rocked because people around you don't believe what you believe, um it's a small faith. If your faith gets rocked at every single scientific discovery that comes out, your faith is small. Because if we believe that Jesus is the truth, he called himself the truth, then nothing can ever change the truth. And if we believe that God created things, then then God created things. And so what will happen eventually then, if that's the case, is that science will eventually prove the existence of God, not disprove it. That's where our faith has to come in. At. Um, and so anyway, I, I don't know where I'm going with this. I just know that I have had a weak faith. It has been the source of my anxiety, and I think that, that we have to do some things to strengthen it. Um, and that's what's happening in, in Hebrews, specifically chapter 12, is you've got to understand right there at the beginning of it, 
that these people are struggling in their faith, and the Christian walk is a struggle. Paul sort of, I mean, excuse me, the writer of Hebrews is sort of just sort of confirming here, yes, it is hard, right? It is a tough thing to do. Um, and, you know, we can, we can start to look at some ways that we can strengthen our faith. A lot of that comes from chapter 12. So if you start to read chapter 12, you start to walk into um, there's some there's some absolute ways that you can strengthen your faith. We got time to talk through one of them. You think? Yeah, should, yeah, for sure. Um, so let's just look at that. So let's just go. Let's just throw out right now. Let's just all be on the same page. That uh, I just said my faith is weak, and I'm gonna bet that you are usher part two confessions as well as you're listening right now, and that your faith is weak too. I'm just gonna bet that your faith is weak. If your faith is weak, then we're gonna need some ways to strengthen it. And if and, you've had faith that has been weakened, <laughs> right? So right. So you can relate. Yeah, I just think that if people are honest, then you admit it that your faith yeah. is not. Maybe if you're not willing to say my faith is weak, maybe what you're willing to say is my faith is not where I'd like it to be. I don't know a Christian who can't say that. So now we're on common ground. So if that's the on case, the then there's got to be some ways to strengthen our faith. And I, what happened with me as I was reading through Hebrews 12 is I saw that there's multiple ways in that chapter that talks about how to re- how to to strengthen our faith. And so remember that verse we read just a minute ago mm-hmm. where we got that that there's this brutal race going on, right? That the Christian life is this, you know, hike and run and jump and then box your way to the end. Um that's sort of the Christian life. It started off at the beginning when he references Hebrews chapter 11. He says since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, push on, right? So the first thing he says is is We've got a great cloud of witnesses that have been around us. We got a bunch of people that have gone before us. That's what he's saying. So therefore, let that make your faith stronger and push on. So I think one of the best ways to one of the one of the first and best ways to strengthen our faith is to consider the witnesses that have gone before us. Think about it. So when he says that in verse twelve, he says, "Therefore, consider the witnesses." He's talking about Hebrews eleven where he's just listed a ton of witnesses. He's listed a ton of pillars of the faith who've come before us and who've walked through this life. He, he points out all these people who have risked it all on God's promises, who have had monster faith. That's why it's called the Hall of Faith, not the Hall of Fame. It's because they have had this huge faith. And he even says, though, that all these people that have this huge faith, it didn't turn out that great for all of them, right? In the end, like on earth, they may not have seen it. So he talks through all these people that had this big faith. And then he starts to get into that some of them saw these promises come to fulfillment on earth. Some of them didn't. Some of them were still waiting for that to happen when Christ comes back the second time, when everything's made new, when, you know, when God's plan, you see it completely fully unfold that, some of them see those things later on. Some of them saw through their faith, they saw God do these incredibly powerful things, but other times they died without receiving any earthly validation for those things. Well, that's a hard thing to stomach when you're trying to grow your faith, isn't it? Because yeah. we want to see it happen, and then that helps build our faith. And he's going, oh, no, no, they they still had faith, even though they didn't see the earthly validation from it. Hmm. Um, if you require earthly validation of your faith, you won't make it. That's what that's what the writer of Hebrews is talking about here. If you require earthly validation, if you have to have something on this earth that constantly validates what it is that you believe, you ain't gonna make it. You, you, your faith's not strong. You know, it's not gonna stand the test of time, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's the whole point of faith. 
That's, that's the reason that it's there. The faith is when the un, <clears throat> when the unexplainable meets the undeniable. There's got to be a spot in there for faith, and it's not going to always get validated by something you can see and feel on this earth. Hmm. That's what the writer's talking about when he talks about those things. And, and a lot of times what we get on this earth that we have to realize that this is part of building our faith is we get revelation, but we don't get explanation, right? We get revelation. God will sh- show us something, teach us something, lay something out. But we don't get explanation for why that is or why that looks like that or where it comes from. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's faith plays into that. Right. And I don't think he grow. God does not seem to through all the scriptures grow faith through explanation. He seems to grow faith through revelation where he says, this is who I am. And he doesn't explain it to you, though. Yeah. Right? He doesn't lay it yeah. out and go, and here's how your mind mm. can understand it completely so that you can yeah. get it and then therefore have faith. And he goes, no, no, no. Faith is involved in this. Here's who I am. Believe it. Hmm. Accept it. Yeah. Take it. Or don't. But you're not going to get no explanation about it. You know, and that's usually what happens. Hmm. And so what the writer of Hebrews is telling us to do is saying, like you persevere in that race, you keep going in that agonizing race because there's a great cloud of witnesses that have come before you. In other words, there's these saints of the Old Testament, they're like people running a marathon too. And if our, our walk is like walk, running a marathon, which is what he's talking about, right? If that's our life, it's like running this massive race that is absolutely brutal and agonizing, then these people have run the race too. It's like they're standing beside us in the gallows, right? In the side, in the little, the little, whatever you call it in a race. I, I'm a big guy. I don't run. But whatever you call it on the sides where you see people in the stands, right? It's like those those Old Testament saints that have come before you. They're standing on the sides telling you, keep going. It's worth it, right? It is worth it. People's walks of faith that have come before us, these pillars of the faith, they can absolutely grow your faith by looking at their witness. Mm, yeah. And, you know, where I think we forget about all this a lot is we'll end up quoting some Old Testament person. We'll find some person or some, some character in Scripture, and we'll go, man, look at their faith. It it inspires me. I want to be like that, right? We'll pick out a Job or something like that, and we'll go, I want to be like that. That's not most of the examples that we have. I mean, he's using all these Old Testament examples in Scripture. But what about those people in your life? They aren't in Scripture. They're in your life who are saints, and have gone before you, and their life has set a testimony to yours of, man, what they have walked through in their belief in Jesus, their level of faith makes me want to grow my faith, hmm. right? It makes you strengthen your faith. Hmm. Like, look at those people. I mean, look at, look at, I don't know who it is for you as you're listening right now, but look at your grandma. You know, I bet there's some people listening who have a grandma or a grandpa, but it's usually grandma who has this like ridiculously strong faith and every reason not to have that faith. They walk through World War One, World War Two. They walk through Great Depression era stuff. They walk through all these horrible things. They had this crap happen to them as a family. They lost this, They whatever it may have been. And yet they still have this unyielding faith that God's in control. Hmm. They have every reason not to believe, but they do. You look at somebody that you know in your life, like you can, everybody right now can think of somebody who has walked through something horrible happening to them. Somebody doing something really bad, a rape victim, somebody who's been abused, 
I mean, the, the numbers are staggering. One out of every three people that will listen to this podcast has been uh, sexually abused as a child. One out of three, mm-hmm. four. I mean, it's insanity, right? So you think about somebody who has been abused that you know, walked through something that's horrible, been horribly done to them, and yet they still seem to have this extremely strong faith. Mm-hmm. That right there is you considering the witnesses, and it will strengthen your faith. When you think about somebody who's walked through whatever it is, and man, they've got faith, they believe, it makes you go, whatever it is they're holding on to, that makes my faith seem like I need to hold on to it too. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. when I look at somebody who's walked through that and they still believe, it makes me go, God is real, you know? Yeah. And their witness of their life and their faith points me back to being reassured even more that God is real. And so one of the big ways that you strengthen your faith, and this is all that it's all coming from one verse here is considering the people that have gone before you. I mean, let's don't forget that there is, I don't even know if we could accurately count the number, but there's billions and billions of Christians that have come before us. Maybe trillions. I mean, there's no real way to calculate the number. There's so many people that's come before us. The Christianity in the early church that spread like wildfire while all these people were being murdered for their faith. I mean, just think about the, those particular saints of the early church. They're over here all being burned to stake and murdered for their faith in Jesus, and they won't denounce him. That makes me, my faith grow. You know what it makes me go? Is It makes me go, man, this thing must be real. This thing with Jesus must be real. My faith needs to be bigger. My faith needs to be stronger because this thing has got to be real. Yeah, It's just, and that's, that's what we're talking about. One of the ways to strengthen your faith is to really think about other people who have a great witness and strength of faith in their life and look at them, pay attention to them. And all that's going to do is make you believe more, have stronger faith in your belief mm-hmm. in God. It's just going to confirm it. Yeah. Um, when I think about the early ter- early church, when I think about all those early people, who stood in there and just took it from the Romans and were obliterated and just kept holding up their banner for Jesus going, Nope, there's a better way. Jesus is bigger than this. This is temporary earth. I'm cool. Oh my goodness, man. It makes my faith grow, you know, cause it makes my, it makes me go man. if they walk through that, then surely I can walk through this. Surely my faith is strong enough here, you know? Yeah. And, and that's like during the, during the Rona season that we're still in, that was one of the hardest things for me that, that I couldn't just keep sitting down going, this is awful, this is awful. I was going, how in the world can I say that this is awful for the church when the early church went through all kinds of stuff like that? We got brothers and sisters right now uh, across the across the pond in different countries who walk through hell as Christians every single day. Their faith helped spur me on. Their witness helped spur me on to grow, and grow my faith for, mm-hmm. you know, further. So it's crucial yeah, we have a strong faith because the most important thing we possess in this life is our faith. You, one thing I wanted to ask yeah. real quick before we wrap it up is, um, personally for me, something the Lord, I feel he's been working in me is just look at creation, who created this and, um, hearing the arguments between people talk about evolution and people talk about, okay, God created all this. And been reading through Romans recently. Romans mm-hmm. one kind of deals with this whole thing, and so I realized it was like that. 
whole thing. I cannot explain it, how all this right. happened, right? But I know it's true. You can't deny it. I, I, I also right. cannot deny it. Right. So if someone's like, you know how I'll get here, I'm like, I can't say that evolution. Like, cause that's, that's, I know that's wrong and I know this is right, but isn't this still the thing of like, you look at a tree and you're like, well, did it pop up or did it like, you know, just slowly like kind of become a tree or like how did, you know, did what happened first? Was it the heart that God did start right. from there? Right. It's just like, I don't know how exactly it happened, but I can't deny it. And so I guess my question out of that is, would you say that strong faith is childlike? Like while be, what, when Jesus says you have to have faith like a child is saying like that is what strong faith looks like. Absolutely. The, the, what Does that make sense? As you're growing in your faith, the stronger faith would, be, would look more like a child because it, we're, all we're talking about when we talk about faith is we're talking about unquestionable belief and trust, right? Unquestioning belief and trust. Does that look like more like the 80 year old seasoned adult or does that look more like the six month year old, two year old kid Mm -hmm. unquestioning trust, unquestioning faith. I mean, belief like it's just this complete total trust. It looks more like a child than it does some senior adult. Right? So it it is. And if you look at kid, if you look at a kid, that's what that, that face like, they just completely trust you. They completely trust you. They just yeah. believe in you, and they just walk every day with this total, complete trust in who you are. Yes, it's exactly what it is. And as we get older, our brain starts to get in the way, right? So what happens is, is, is faith is definitely that that spot in the middle where you've got unexplainable on one side and undeniable on the other. What we do as humans is we want to explain it, so we keep leaning more towards the unexplainable than we do the undeniable, right? And the more undeniable you lean to, that is childlike faith. The more explainable, I got to lean to this unexplainable stuff, is we're trying to get our brain around it. That screams adult. Kid doesn't try to get their brain around anything, right? It's just, this is an undeniable truth. Why would I even waste time trying to explain it to myself? I'll just accept that it's that, that's, the, that's the case, you know? And and we, t- we we've got to lean more into, as we grow in our faith, we got to lean more into the undeniable. Right. It's uh, we when you decide I look at creation and I go, there has to be a divine creator. Right. Um, most people get there, by the way. So even 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 um, scientists, uh, atheists, evolutionary people, not, not atheists, but most people get to the point of there was there's some sort of intelligent design that happens. Right. That's the phrase we like to use. Well, if we all believe that there's some sort of intelligent design, then why don't we just keep, why do we keep going back trying to figure it out? Why don't we just lean into, it's undeniable that there's some sort of intelligent design and keep going from there. If we did that, our faith would grow because it'd be more like a child. We'd be like, well, this is stupid to even think about. It's obvious. Let's move on. Right. Yeah, <laughs> let's it, let's move on from this. It's so, strange to like, me too. Why do I keep asking this question? Yeah, right. <laughs> and but we do that all the time. It's yeah. like it would hit the point where we're like, this is undeniable, and then we'll go, oh, I'm gonna keep asking this question over and over again, even though I know that it's undeniable. Yeah. Right? Childlike faith would say, just lean it, quit talking about it, lean into the undeniable, just be like, this is awesome. The only explanation I can give, you know, it just think about why you're talking is like, well, the only explanation at all I can say for creation is someone's like, well, how did all this get here? I'd be like, well, God spoke into being. That's my childlike explanation. Yeah. And, and I don't know how you know, he did like, that. 
I I like yeah. to sit around thinking about how he did it. Right. Like if he spoke one word, if he spoke a, a billion words all at once, if he said the name of each animal, or if he just said, you know, I mean, he could have been like Shazam. Like we don't know what he said, right? But there's this speaking it into existence. Um, it, what what that ends up, what we end up grabbing on that is, is that God just did it. Yeah. We don't really know how. And if we sit yeah. around trying to think about how he did it, we're probably going to lean more towards that unexplainable side where faith's going to be weakened instead of leaning. And I'm not saying, I'm definitely not sitting here saying that you should just accept it and move on. No, I'm saying that you end up having a belief, a conviction that happens, mm. a faith that ends up happening because of it. I'm all about looking at evidence and, and you know, I'm all about looking at scientific, no doubt. Right. But at some point faith's got to take over and you've got to lean into what's undeniable to you. Instead of trying to keep explaining it over and over and over again, right? Why the one of the reasons why I try to keep explaining certain things is I'm just trying to help other people with their doubts and get into a level of faith, you know? Yeah. So anyway, that's cool. Sweet. We went all over the map. Yeah, on that, that was that yeah. was going. <laughs> we went everywhere. <laughs> well, we hope uh, this podcast helped you guys and strengthened your faith in some way. Um, we encourage you guys to even sit down and. Uh, you know, write down your some of your own confessions um, in your own personal life uh, as we go through the series of confessions and, you know, how can we strengthen our faith. Yes, yeah, so we're going to spend a little more time on this one. Yeah. So next time we won't give you another confession, we're going to give you another, that's another way to strengthen our faith. Hmm. So if you want to kind of get ready for it, just keep reading the next couple of verses in Hebrews 12. Yeah. It, it lays out multiple ones for you in that one little chapter of how to strengthen your faith. Um, so we'll, we'll do another one next time. There's some homework. Yeah, homework. Homework, homework. for next homework. week. Give a review. <laughs> Five stars. And uh, read Hebrews chapter 12. There's your homework. Five stars. Five All stars. right. <laughs> gotcha. We will see you guys next Thanks, week. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us on the Messy Walk podcast with Pastor Adam Cook. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. Have a great week.